0: Today is Friday, June 9th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Pat Robertson, the founder of CBN, dies at 93. We will have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Let us know. What you think as we're going through the news of the Cray here each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. And joining me to get through it, as always, Billy Hallowell and Trey Gons-Phillips. Gentlemen, it's Friday. How are y'all?
1: Good, good. You know, just uh, it's a reflective week. Yeah. Right? Un- un- yeah, unexpected reflection happening this week.
2: Yeah, for sure, it's a big week for CBN. Really, it's I th- it's a big news for Christian media because Pat Robertson and CBN, the Seven Hundred Club, was a trailblazer for Christian media. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a big week.
0: Absolutely, a pioneer, and we're we're gonna focus on that today. The the podcast is gonna be structured a little differently today, as we really focus on the life and legacy of Pat and CBN and what has gone on here because it really is remarkable and we're gonna catch up with a few in a few minutes with Drew Parkhill from CBN he's been there since before Trey Billy and I were born so actually I was five Trey and Billy are younger than me so they weren't born yet but I was only five years old when Drew started at CBN and so he had a great perspective on just where it started from the humble beginnings trying to make payroll and all these things and to where it's now with this global reach. And I got to say, guys, as we kind of chat about this here for a few minutes before um, before I really want to play a, a really great uh, segment from CBN that really recaps a lot of the reach that that happened because Pat was obedient to the call, as we'll discuss later with uh, Drew. But, um, you know, guys, there are so many things that the mainstream media doesn't know. I mean, what what does the mainstream media always do Whenever Pat would make the news, it would be, well, here's the most controversial thing he said. Look, you you talk on a show every single day. You're going to say things that some people don't agree with. It's just the way it goes. Who among us doesn't have anything that everyone doesn't agree with? Right. You've never said something. So that's that's to me a nothing burger. But what they don't ever report on are things like Operation Blessing, which is an incredible Humanitarian organization around the globe meeting immediate needs in all kinds of different circumstances. I bet you the New York Times, CNN. I wonder if any of those even know Operation Blessing exists, which is shameful, really. But um, so, and that's just sort of what I'm feeling, guys, is I'm browsing the news and watching all the response, but there have been a lot of great responses as well from faith leaders all across the spectrum
1: yeah not just faith leaders but I mean almost every candidate yeah for president yeah sending statements over and writing statements and you know it's been pretty amazing kind of being on the front lines, all of us of collecting those statements, reaching out to people, hearing how people's lives have been affected. You know, when we were at National Religious Broadcasters Convention, I heard stories, you know, just from people about Pat. And it's, uh, it's just incredible to, to see how one person saying yes, like you were saying before, can transform so many other lives. You know, God uses those people, uses all of us if we let him. Um, and that, to me, is the biggest lesson here.
2: Yeah, and you know, something we'll talk about with um, with Drew, but something that I've been thinking about that's really been impactful to me is because Pat was obedient so many years ago to the calling that the Lord had on his life, uh, that has enabled, it's paved the way for other people to then step in obedience into where God has called them. Like I knew uh, that the Lord was calling me into media, and I knew that I wanted to, to shift into Christian media at some point, and in 2018 is when I joined, and if it hadn't been for Pat's obedience, that infrastructure might not have been there for me yeah. to step in, for each of us to step in. So it's just it, it's it shows that, you know, the the stone of obedience that was dropped into the water has a ripple effect uh, yes. that's impacted all of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel the same way as you, Trey. I mean, I you know, all of us were in sort of um, conservative media, so to speak, and covering politics. And we still do that to some extent with, you know, uh, with what's going on. Uh, in the day-to-day, but I had the same feeling about wanting to talk more about faith issues, wanting to discuss that, and there, there really aren't, there isn't anything else like this. I mean, look at Fox News, look at all these other conservative outlets, it's all just conservative politics, right? Like, there's some faith mixed in there, but it's not at the center of what they do, and it is at the center of what CBN does. I mean, we're praying before our day starts with the team in meetings. I mean, that happens every single day at CBN. They're praying for one another. They're praying for the work that we're doing. And we're praying for our listeners and our viewers. So that is different from anywhere I've been. I don't know about you guys.
1: No, it's it's 100% different. You know, to be able to work at a place where God is first, right? You know, I've worked at a lot of great places and there were a lot of great values and things that mattered were talked about. But when you can put God first, like we're called to do in every area of our lives, and actually it's part of our work, you know, you forget how blessed you are to be in a, in a place yeah. like that. And so absolutely, Trey, I think he he paved the way, not just for CBN, but for so many other outlets yeah. that are able to cover these things today that exist that wouldn't have, as you were saying, if it weren't for him, probably.
2: Well, and two, I want to mention like the breadth of his of his career, right? Because Dan, you were mentioning all these people who know him and have have poured out tributes for him, and most of them met him in completely different areas. Some yeah. met him because he ran for president. Some met him because he was preaching somewhere. Uh, some <laughs> met him because he was the host of the Seven Hundred Club or launched CBN or bought a little radio or TV station uh, that turned into what it what it is now. So the fact that all of these different people have so many different stories of how they met Pat in different ways, uh, because he had his hand in. I mean, just about everything, whether it was Christian, uh, you know, the church, media, or politics, he was making waves kind of everywhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, they summed that up very well on uh, yesterday's episode of News Watch. And so I wanted to play a little bit of that recap for you that sort of summarizes a lot of the impact just one life can have
3: when they're faithful and obedient to God's call. Check it out. John F. Kennedy was president when Pat Robertson, an ex-Marine and the son of a U.S. Senator, opened a bank account with $3 and created a broadcast network that would one day reach six
4: continents. He has no money to speak of, and he decides the Lord wants him to have that station, and they wanted to sell it for $100,000, which is a lot of money now, a lot more back then. And when it was all said and done, Pat got it for free. So that means not only did he have faith, but he was a good negotiator too. In
3: 1966, he began hosting one of the longest running programs in television history. And from the set of the 700 Club, Robertson transformed Christian television. Robertson once said he was a newsman at heart. And by the 1970s, he was interviewing military and political leaders such as Israel's prime minister Yitzhak Rabin and Georgia Governor Jimmy Carter, who won the White House with the support of evangelicals. Four years later, he was part of the conservative leadership that helped Ronald Reagan capture the presidency. And by 1988, he was running for the presidency himself.
4: He shattered the stained glass window. He shattered the glass ceiling and engage the process, and from that point on, I believe that people of faith were taken seriously beyond the church house into the White House.
3: Robertson stunned the political world with his second place finish in the first in the nation Iowa caucuses. He lost the Republican nomination to George Herbert Walker Bush, but changed the face
4: of American politics. When you think of Pat Robertson, I think the, one of the major lessons you learn is that if if you have a dream, go after it. Even if you fall short of it, to go after the presidency against all odds.
3: Robertson expanded his political influence, bringing thousands of evangelicals into the process with the founding of the Christian Coalition. He also started the American Center for Law and Justice to protect religious freedoms.
4: Pat has always had this vision to go where a lot of people don't go. And you know, when you do that, sometimes you're criticized by people. He's been a risk taker, in the best sense of the word, a visionary, a dreamer, but someone whose message was the gospel. Then, with his return to CBN, Robertson
3: took the ministry global, dramatically extending Christian programming to 150 nations in more than 100 languages
4: with satellites and with the language translations and the things that we've had available, uh, we have probably seen more people come to the Lord through CBN than any other organization in the world. But it, it wasn't me, it was God.
3: Robertson received both praise and heavy criticism for some of his political and social comments. But his humanitarian efforts didn't make as many headlines. Through Operation Blessing, He helped millions of poor and needy in every corner of the planet. The ministry has delivered more than a billion pounds of food to hungry Americans and assisted the victims of disasters such as Hurricane Katrina.
4: All these homes represented dreams, represented vision, represented the hopes and aspirations of people, and it's all gone.
3: The late Jack Hayford spoke of the ministry's deep and lasting effect. Just raw Christian compassion. Always attended
0: with a remembrance that we're being compassionate in order to show Jesus and the testimony of the cross. And that's been fairly low profile in his ministry in many people's minds. But globally, it has been powerfully impacting.
3: After the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989, Robertson joined his friend, Billy Graham, to minister in the former communist countries. CBN started and supported thousands of churches from Central Europe to Ukraine and Russia. He made the most of opportunities in Asia as well, with broadcasting agreements and humanitarian outreach in China, a country close to his heart. And he helped other ministries, including Samaritan's Purse, a ministry in Africa started by Billy Graham's son,
4: Franklin. Pat Robinson invested in other people uh, in other ministries. A lot of people don't do that. They focus on what they do, but they don't want to invest in anyone else. Pat invested in other people. Uh, He invested in in my life, Samaritan's Purse. Well, let's put it this way. He was an investor. He invested in God's work.
3: In the Middle East, he founded a television network that reached much of the Arabic world. And he stood with Israel even
4: during times of war. No question. I I was always impressed with Pat and uh, his boldness. And he did it in a nice way. And, uh, you know, he wasn't offensive, but he just spoke the truth. And that offended people. When you speak the truth, that offends people. But that's okay.
3: One of his longest lasting legacies may be Regent University, producing leaders in government, law, the arts, and education.
2: You know, one of the things that I appreciated about Pat Robertson was that Pat always had a sense of the world in mind. He had a sense that Christianity just didn't belong in the confines of the church, but that it was to permeate all of life. And I think that's why uh, God even led him to uh, start Regent University.
3: Pat served as chancellor of Regent even after stepping down in 2021 as host of the 700 Club for 55 years. The following year, his beloved wife, Didi Dee Dee, went home to be with the Lord. Despite losing the love of his life and suffering several health setbacks, Pat's faith, obedience, and love for God never wavered.
4: What really makes him a giant is that he never pointed toward himself but to the cross.
3: At the heart of it all, his invitation pray to pray.
2: Lord Jesus right now i confess to you that i'm not ready jesus
4: i surrender to you now lord and i take you as my lord and savior thank you in jesus name
0: a great piece there and that uh, was cbn's john jessup uh reporting and it's just you know that's a great way to end it because you know of course as christians we know that there's no perfect person you know you're not lionizing anyone here um, but but it's great to hear that that was Pat's perspective, that, hey, this isn't my work, and Drew will touch on that as well in the main thing here coming up, but that God gets all the glory for that, and that's very cool. And uh, we're going to turn it over to the main thing now. And Drew Parkhill, who we talked to today on the main thing, has been at CBN, I think he'll tell you, but I think he said since night, the late 1970s. So um, remarkable, remarkable perspective here on the journey that is CBN. That's today's main thing. You have been there here at CBN for such a long time. We, w- we wanted to uh, chat with you just about um, the history and the legacy and, and everything that Pat has created here. So thanks for being here. Thank you. 40,
4: it'll be 44 years in October. I started in October of 1980. I'm not too sure Trey was even on this earth. Then, but we'll get into <laughs> I that. was five. Not I was five man. years old myself. So I, was, that is, I
1: was born in 83. So yeah, that, <laughs> that is amazing. incredible.
4: So I'm here with children.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is incredible. So what, I mean, what do you remember from those
4: early days of CBN? Oh, gosh, there is so much, so many things I could tell you about him that people don't know. I, I've mentioned this in a couple other interviews, but he he did things for his employees that nobody ever knew. He helped people out and people outside of CBN. He helped ministries outside of CBN, and and people never knew about it. And, I, and I'll tell you another thing, which I can't really go into detail because we don't have time, among other things, but he had a great sense of humor. He, he would laugh at himself sometimes, but he was just great. You know, you could talk to him. Like he, he said one of his interviews that he felt like he was approachable with his family, but he was approachable with practically everyone or by practically everyone. It was a great life experience, and I've watched CBN grow. You know, it used to be just such a, a U.S. ministry. Now it's global. The majority of our audience is global. And I remember 30 years ago in a meeting where the Pat talked about how that was – That was so important, you know, spreading the gospel around the world. He felt like the Lord had impressed that on him. And boy, has that paid off. I mean, our international uh, outreach is phenomenal now. And, you know, his influence through Regent University, through uh, Operation Blessing, the American Center for Law and Justice, and so so many um, venues, it's more than any of us are ever going to know on this side.
2: I want to ask you too Drew so I joined CBN and FaithWire in 2018 uh, and and really you know obviously so much had already happened for years and years and years and a lot of it or all of it uh, was the result of Pat's willingness to be obedient to God's calling in his life and that's enabled so many other people to be obedient in their callings uh, for, for their lives. Uh, could you talk a little bit about obedience and, and Pat's commitment to the word of God?
4: I, I think that's everything. Um, we did a, a series of interviews with reporters. that's going to air on the 700 Club tomorrow where we all talked about our um, experiences with him. And the thing that I said, and I, I was praying about this the other Monday before we recorded it. And I felt like the thing for me to say was, Pat would tell you, this was all the Lord. This was all God that He was along for the ride, so to speak. But He would make He would say the glory goes to God, the, glo- the glory and the honor goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, not to Him. I mean, it wasn't His idea to come down here and start a TV ministry. The Lord put it on His heart. You know, the Lord got Him going on, on um, Operation Blessing, on the and told Him to start the university. So it was that was the key. Trey, if you go look through the Bible, you look at Abraham, you look at Moses, you look at Jeremiah, you look at Isaiah, you know, God calls all of them. They're not sitting around thinking I'm going to go off and serve God. It's the same pattern. Jesus, when he began his ministry, he went around, he called Peter, he called James, he called the rest of the disciples. It wasn't their idea. It was the same thing with Pat. It wasn't his none of this was his idea, but it was a global ministry that was accomplished. And as he would tell you. By the Lord, you know, and it was his obedience to God that all this has happened. Pat would definitely tell you, you know, the Lord gets the credit. The Lord
1: gets the glory and the honor. Well, and when you look at the details of the story, I mean, he started out with $70 in his pocket, right, to start CBN. And... I just talk about that a little bit because we're talking about obedience, and I love that you brought that up, Trey. Uh, but but obviously, it takes a lot of trust and a lot of obedience to have $70 and to build a massive, massive multimillion-dollar ministry all over the world. So just take us through a little bit of that early history. A friend of mine who gave me Pat's book, Shout from the
4: Housetops, who, who told me about it, said, you read the book. And he said, you know this has to be God because he was in the situation, Billy, that you described. You know, he just didn't have anything. But the thing that people don't realize is that even after CBN got going and once it had been established and the 700 Club started, um, even for quite some time after that, it was a while until CBN was really on you know, the kind of financial footing that it needed to be. It wasn't like overnight. Okay, it was a process, and there'd be many times they'd be saying, oh, can we meet payroll, and, you know, and they'd be praying in the money. But Pat said, and this, is, this goes right to your point, Billy, Pat said one time that they were in some sort of, I don't remember the specifics, they were in some sort of financial situation. He talked about this on the club, and he said, let's just believe God. And he said, that's what we decided to believe God. And it worked out. And so there are many points in time when Pat, you know, when, when things would look difficult, there'd be financial difficulties or whatever difficulties believe God. That was important to him. He would say, uh, I'll never forget that. And, and that was just the way he lived. It wasn't just at the beginning, although it was, the Lord had called Pat to come down here and start this television ministry. And he did it, even though he didn't have the financial wherewithal by any stretch of the imagination. So he responded to the call and then he just kept having faith as the process went along. And it wasn't, it wasn't a quick overnight process. It took time. He had to do it more than once. Yeah.
0: And, and that is, I mean, you're right. When you mentioned like, going through all these historical figures really in the obviously in the old testament and and you see that it's they don't often see the end game joseph i'm not seeing how being uh, thrown into a pit by my brothers and sold into slavery is gonna work out for your your glory god and it does right you know and and we don't think about
4: like god calling abram you know out to because there weren't a whole lot of people on the earth at the time Relative to now. And God said, look at the stars. Of course, there were no city lights back then. And the sky would have been, I'm sure, brilliant with stars. He says, you're going to have that many offspring. Well, (laughs) that was more people (laughs) than on the whole earth at the time. So they all had to operate by faith, as the Bible says. And, And trust me, Pat really did. I
0: just wanted you to touch on, I mean, you've been here for, like you said, for some time. How have you seen the impact? I mean, how would you describe it? How would you sum it up? You know, you talk about Operation Blessing, going global. There's just all these things. The media, of course, only focuses on quote-unquote controversial statements. That's all, you'll, that's all you'll hear in the media today. But right. probably none of those media know or have ever reported on Operation Blessing and things like that. But that's just one thing. So, so see if you can uh, kind of
4: summarize <laughs> The, the uh, overall I, impact. I'll tell you, I think what it is, the first thing I thought of when you started to ask that question was the impact on, on people's lives, their hearts. You know, George Thomas on Newswatch today talked about how traveling with Pat in India and his evangelistic outreach and his the depth of his passion for souls gary talked about how pat helped out people in sudan and i can remember going into pat one day in a dressing room back in around uh in the 90s talking about a crisis in africa he goes we have to help these people and what it really comes down to is salvation how many how many i can't be none of us know how many people will be in heaven because pat said yes to the lord Okay, he, he answered the call and said yes to the Lord. Okay, it's, it's a number that we cannot fathom. And it's not only the people who heard the gospel directly from CBN, but then those people took the gospel to other people and people who have been healed, people who have been ministered to. I remember Pat one time talking about he he had a word of knowledge on the show about a particular healing. Somebody was walking down the street and I don't know if it was San Francisco or wherever it was, they saw a TV in a store window, and they saw Pat, and they saw heard Pat giving that word, and they got healed. You know, it was something along those lines. I may not have the specifics right, but it, it was pretty close to that. And, you know, we can never know. I— to answer your question to sum it up i would say it's the impact on people's lives how the lord used pat and cbn and everyone here to change lives to improve their lives okay to bring them into the kingdom for eternity to lift them out of poverty to give them the means to lift out to be lifted to lift themselves out of poverty to help them recover from natural disasters, to protect their religious freedom rights, you know, to help them get a, a better, a Christian education at Regent, in ways we can not understand this is, uh, this is an incredible work by the Lord, and like I said, Pat would be the first to tell you, the honor and the glory goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's the impact on hearts and minds and lives that I think is the real bottom line.
0: All right, Drew, well said, and I appreciate you stopping by. As as I said, with decades of experience here, we could keep going on, but I appreciate you sharing uh, what you did today.
4: Oh, could we? But hey, I'm glad to help you all. All right, right, y'all have a great one.
0: All right, thank you. All right, Drew, thanks so much for taking a few minutes there. I mean, great perspective. I mean, it's just, I mean, you think about for us, I mean, you guys weren't even born. I was a bitty, itty bitty one. And, you know, to think that here we all are now, as you said earlier, Trey, that we're able to follow our call because Pat followed his. Very, very cool.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. We have time here for one last thing.
2: Well, so actually this is the perfect verse because based on the Newswatch uh, segment we played, I can't remember who it was who said it, but it was talking about the reason that Pat is a giant is because he was obedient in in sharing the gospel everywhere he went. Uh, This verse is perfect for that. So Psalm 145, 4 says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts.
0: Look, I mean, as Christians, I mean, obviously not everyone's going to have the same... outcomes and whatnot. God's going to work in different ways. But when you pass away, at least when I do, I know I want people to talk about my faith and how I was pursuing the Lord and sharing the Lord. And I mean, if we're all being honest, it's sometimes it's very convicting that we don't do it enough. So hopefully this encourages you to do it more. And Lord willing, in that crink though, rise, we shall be back here on Monday with more. God bless.